You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Alice, darling, is the name of the movie we're going to review today. And that was my pretty weak attempt at a Cruella de Vil. That was Anita, though. I had the exact same thought when I read the title. (laughs) It's like someone's going to do it. And if not, I will. Great minds. Alice, darling, Big Tiff, starring Anna Kendrick. Directed by Mary Nye, written by Alana Francis and Mark Vandeven, who is the story editor as well, stars Alice, who is planning, or rather being invited to, a trip to celebrate one of her besties' birthdays. Tess, played by Kenichito Horn, and their friend Sophie will also be there, played by Wumi Mosaku. Now, Unbeknownst to her two friends, Sophie and Tess, Alice, played by Anna Kendrick, kind of lies to her boyfriend in order to go on this trip with them. She says, I, they need me at work. I believe it's Minneapolis and I got to do some, some important things, you know, can't get out of it. So I'll see you later. Now, Simon, played by Charlie Carrick plays her boyfriend and at first why lie to Simon and Simon as the movie progresses and as we see Alice thinking about Simon as we see Alice reacting to Simon and as we see Simon um, what would you call it Uh, gaslight Alice we slowly start to unravel what kind of relationship Alice and Simon actually have And what is being marketed as a murder mystery thriller is actually kind of a film that has a very important conversation about what an abusive relationship is. With me to talk about this today, someone who would always party all weekend if invited, Melina is with us. (laughs) Oh, it's Tuesday. I'm partying today. And... Someone who would never have problems with Simon, because he'd probably be laid out and decked. Jordan is with us. All I'm going to say is this movie makes me so glad I am a lesbian. As I said, this movie's being heavily marketed as a murder mystery. Or maybe I just got that vibe because of the water imagery and the missing girl type of taglines it has certainly a product of very irresponsible marketing because that is no no spoilers that is not what this is 
I honestly haven't really seen that much marketing for this movie. It, although I, I, I can see how it would be marketed like this because it, you have a very lifetime movie premise here. Sure. And I, and what I will say, the script is not the biggest strong suit of this movie. It is a fairly predictable uh, thing to go through. But again, at about 89 minutes, it's it's actually very captivating. What carries this movie is the acting, especially a brilliant, brilliant lead performance by Anna Kendrick, who does a great job portraying what it is like to be in that sort of situation, it, it, to be manipulated by someone. And, you know, some, uh, pretty sure a lot of people could probably start to recognize the signs. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to have been like romantic relationships for someone to have been in that sort of situation for it to have affected them. This is typically a New York artist with a faux British accent to make himself way more interesting. Because his <laughs> art sure as fuck ain't. Is that what he was trying to do with the accent? Because one of her friends kind of brings it up. Like, she says something like, with his stupid fake voice. And I thought, oh, because he's always like, I'm always in control and I'm soft-spoken. But I, I didn't pick up that he was like, and British because I'm so intellectual. I need to assert yeah. my dominance to hide what a small dick I have. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the actor's like, I actually am British, by the way. <laughs> like, sorry. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, Simon and Alice. Yeah, at first glance, for me, I was like, oh, okay. So, they just seem like an average couple. Kind of boring. It wasn't till, which I suppose was early on, when they're at the diner and she says something that I call an Orwellian red flag. She says, well, I can't think about other people. I'm with Simon. And thinking about other people, I mean, that's cheating, right? I'm like, that. whoa, where did this mind police come from and why do they have a hold on you? What about you two? Did this relationship seem terrible off the bat, or did it take some time? Oh. And do you think people will realize that this is a bad relationship before we get to the third act? Oh, I, I think it took me about 20 seconds into the movie to kind of realize that... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the red flags are, are glaring and flying at full mast. Um, and I... I give full props to uh, Anna Kendrick, who does, I think, like you said, Jordan, an incredible job. Uh, one of the more uh, subdued dramatic performances that I have seen from her. She does so much with her facial expressions and her hand gestures throughout the, the entirety of this film. But I also give full credit to Mary Nighy, um, who I believe this this is her feature-length debut. She has directed shorts and TV before, but this is her first feature film. And just the way that she films that opening scene, the way that Anna Kendrick, she's just meeting her two friends for a night out, and her phone is constantly blowing up. She does not think to put it on silent. She is very quick and prompt to answer. And she, the first words out of her mouth are a 
apologizing to her friends for being late, which they just kind of brush off as completely casual. But you see that she kind of has this mentality about herself where she constantly feels like she needs to, uh, she needs to make amends. She needs to justify her actions. Yeah. So it was, it was very clear to me what the nature of this was. And from there, the movie took on, it took a turn that I actually was not expecting, which was that, it was not the predictable Hollywood thriller that I thought it was going to turn into. No, it really didn't. And, yeah, right away from, like, the opening is when I could tell, like, yeah, the phone, the way she has to apologize for everything, but also uh, how he was already so manipulative and controlling as to, uh, you know... Hey, uh, I need tit pics now. And, you know, she goes off to the back. Yeah, that was the real big, like, okay, so we're just going to go right into this. And, yeah, uh, I thought thought this movie was certainly going to go someplace, especially with a certain woodcutting instrument that is introduced at... The cabin. They go away. A mall. (laughs) Not an axe, a mall. (laughs) A mall. Not a Darth Maul, sadly. <laughs> yeah, very sadly. Um, <laughs> but, although I'm pretty sure this thing will still cut someone in half. Uh, but this, again, it, it's not a very meaty script, but it feels like it because of how good the performances are. And Mary Nye, he does do a great job directing. She does element. Uh, she does implement some very good elements of escalating tension mm. and such. Especially when, like, you know, eventually Simon kind of catches on and just, like, forces himself into the weekend. Like, like the tension of that third act just alone is actually very brilliant stuff. No, absolutely. The anxiety that Anna Kendrick portrays, especially when she's alone. Oh, it's tr- especially when she's alone, because that's the oh, only it- time where she really allows herself to express it in any way. She hides it from everyone else. Yeah, it- it's so upsetting to watch too. Yeah. yeah. I, as someone who who constantly lives with anxiety, yeah, it it, it mm-hmm. very much is just. It, I, I will say the film accurately portrays that very well because it, it, it's just this fucking thing you live with that's so that you think is taken care of, but no, it's it, it's constant, it's ever present. Mm-hmm. But you know, you gotta deal with it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. There, in I like how Anna Kendrick's character Alice, she does have this bad habit that they. Actually, without really explaining it, they do explore it visually as the movie goes along, which is this bad habit that she has of pulling her hair when she gets nervous. It's something that you can tell that she does absentmindedly as a way of relieving anxiety or coping with a situation. And you see as it goes along, she's doing it to the point where you can tell that the air, like her neck and the areas behind her ears are just red and swollen because she's doing it constantly. You know, she's in this constant state of discomfort. And 
it's such a really, it's a beautifully subtle move that I think is one of many that the movie dares to make. It keeps all of this, it keeps a lot of the tension on a very, sub, it keeps it on a very subdued level. There never comes a point where it feels like they need to break into histrionics. They have to have someone give the dramatic speech of you don't know what it's like to be me. Because in real life, that is usually not how these situations go down. And I love that this movie explores what it's like to be on the outside of that situation, being in her friend's position, where they're slowly realizing over the course of this weekend, not only what's going on, but just how bad it is. And it has you wondering the whole time, God, if I were in a situation like this, what would I do? What would my approach as a friend be? Yeah, it really does. Uh, and I do like how that's portrayed as well, especially with like as good performances that we get from uh, Wunmi, uh, Masaku, and oh god, I'm gonna fuck this name up. Kanitio Horn, yeah. Kanitio Horn, yeah. Uh, like they, like they are great supporting performances as well, and accurately portray. Like I've kind of been in both situations. I've kind of been in both sides of this coin, but more so on the side of them of just being this helpless, awkward bystander that's like, I need to do something, I need to say something, but what the fuck am I really going to do? Yeah. What's the right and wrong thing to say or do to someone yeah, who you, you're you already kind of on the rocks with because of the relationship with this person? And it's not even that. It's like, not, not even just someone you're on the rocks with, just someone you care about, someone that you are invested in again doesn't need to be romantic but just like yeah just someone you fucking care about mm-hmm. and it's like this is i gotta do this for their own good but what how the fuck do i go about this and i do love that struggle mm-hmm. yeah and i also to touch on one of your earlier points there's never any like what I call Hallmark catchphrases. Like no one stands at the dock and says, the sun will always rise again as long as you're here to see it or just something absurd like that. It's very simple dialogue that you would overhear in a conversation. Like, how are you? Are you really feeling that way? You can tell me how you're really feeling. You know, those sort of like deep, meaningful phrases that don't have any pizzazz. But definitely need to be said in a conversation this heavy. Mm-hmm. So before we get into final thoughts, this movie, up to like 50 minutes in, touches on, there's a missing girl. Is she dead? Where is she? Have you seen her? Did this have any purpose at all in the film? Or was it all just, uh, it- to get people to see this, we need to add a a mystery that... We don't really care about, which at the end of this, I think it's fine. But am I missing the purpose of this type of story or plot? I mean, I thought it was going to be like this comparison, like to what's going on with Alice to kind of like wake her to fuck up and shake her into reality. Mm -hmm. Like this could be you. 
that's yeah. missing and shit. But it was largely – see, again, that's another problem with the script. It's like um, this really didn't have that much bearing on things. Like, again, I, 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 again from a screenwriting perspective, I do see why it's there because, again, it, 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 very much, it very much shows, Alice, this is what could happen to you if you keep – forgiving simon if you keep mm -hmm. you know apologizing for his actions and how you react to them alice this could alice this is your life and it's it's it it, it really just goes nowhere and they don't even give like a cur they, they don't even give a cursory like conclusion like if they hear it on the radio it's like uh yeah uh we found a girl she's dead so anyway here's the latest hits on the radio <laughs> um yeah it's probably a good thing i didn't write this movie um yeah <laughs> did you have a point on that Melina? um yeah i think that my issue with that kind of i think that i fall into the same boat as you where i thought okay i see why this is here I do see that I do think it organically does serve a purpose. Um, I just I do think they could have stood to explore it a little more than they than they end up doing. And I can't really say why it feels undercooked because I think that that really really to say so would spoil I think what ultimately the third act leads to. I will say that when they first introduced that, I was terrified. I had a I, I had a sneaking suspicion of what I thought they were going to do with that, which was go a really cheap Hollywood thriller route with it. And I think when we're off mic, I'll, I'll tell you what I what that was. So I think that I was more forgiving with what the with what they ended up doing with it simply because they didn't go the cheap route. Very good, you know. I'm going to have the ladies the closing call on this one, so I'm just going to start with my final thoughts. This, as I said earlier, it's a good conversation piece. There's extreme movies with, like, great, powerful imagery that are horrifying that at the end you think, glad that's not me, like um, The Night House, which I absolutely recommend 100% go see The Night House. But if you don't like to be scared out of your mind... Uh, give this a chance, Alice Darling, and really think about what this film is asking. Something that was very sad to me early on, like, man, every time someone's like, oh, that's cute, Alice, she's like, oh, Simon got it for me. And after so many times of hearing her say that, I was like, well, well geez, Alice, what's your own personal style? Do you have your own swagger? Like, are you allowed to wear anything that Simon doesn't buy for you? And again, that was kind of a good tell. I don't think it needed the murder plot in any way because Anna Kendrick, and as you two pointed out, this director, incredible at revving up the tension, building the anxiety, and making me feel very on edge. So... Maybe I'm not a screenwriter, so I don't want to say throw it out, but I don't understand why it was there. This is definitely one I'd recommend. Um, 
it doesn't end in a standoff of any way. Well, you know what? I'm just going to go to my score. I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 chocolate chips in a birthday pancake. <laughs> it's a good chip to pancake ratio. Hmm. Jordan, if you would, please. Yeah, like I said, the script is a bit uneven and it's not exactly the most riveting, but it's bolstered by great direction and amazing performances across the board, especially Anna Kendrick, who this could be her best performance of her career. Certainly up there with stuff like uh, the first Pitch Perfect and Up in the Air, as well as being the frankly, the pillar of the Twilight franchise. Uh, but this uh, but this was incredible. This was exciting. And I do want to say, like, if someone has had some experience with a relationship like this, do, do go into this movie a little warned because it might be a little triggering. I know it was a bit... I, I, it wasn't fully triggering for me, but I have been in situations like this, on, again, on both sides. So it kind of brought up some feelings. The only thing it really, like, really reminded me of is like, yeah, that's exactly what anxiety is like. It is just <laughs> fucking horrible. But thank you, medication. It's really worth watching, again, just for the direction. Uh, and it's amazing acted. I really did love it for that. So I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 malls. <laughs> Very nice. Melina. Um, you know, the word that came to my mind when I thought about the script was it just felt so naturalistic. I think that actually is the biggest compliment I can throw the script, which I actually I don't have a problem with really at all. This movie is I think in the grand scheme of things, kind of plotless. It's certainly not a, it's not a murder mystery. It's not a thriller as it has been billed by its unfortunately limited marketing. It's a character study. This really is about the psychology of abuse and not just from the person on the receiving end of such abuse, in this case, romantic, but what it's like to be a friend having to come to terms with something that maybe deep down you kind of knew was going on but never quite allowed yourself to face and i think that this is a story about not just alice's journey but that of her two friends as well we've seen we're seeing the evolution of their relationships to each like to each other from the start of this through the end and it is quite a development it's quite a change and i think that it is kind of above the sum of its parts because of just how unbelievably strong these performances are. They don't feel really like, they don't really feel like performances. These feel like real people. And I think that's what makes this so unsettling. It feels so real. And to the point where you just feel, un you feel flat out uncomfortable at parts. You're like, God, I'm a fly on a wall in a room that I desperately want to get out of. But that is a testament to the strength of Mary Nighy, her direction, the performances, and the editing. I don't know who the editor is on this, but there were points where I was covering my eyes just at watching someone chop vegetables because I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't, I don't like where I think this is going. Um, <laughs> yep, yeah, that, that, that's... 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, that I think this, I think from start to finish, it really had me engrossed. I appreciated that it did not go the routes that I predicted and so hoped that they would go. This really is something that feels real from start to finish. It's disturbing, but at the same time, it's kind of heartwarming. Like, you hope to God that you have friends like this in real life. Because whether or not, you know, whatever your situation is, you always want to, you always want to have people who are there for you, who are going to be that backbone that you sometimes don't have yourself. Um, I highly recommend this as a character study, as a, you know, top-notch performance from Anna Kendrick, and a great introduction to Mary Nighy. I am very excited to see what she does next. Uh, very talented family. Um, so I'm going to give this, I'm actually going to give this eight and a half out of ten Lisa Loeb songs. Very nice. Yeah. And yeah, as you were mentioning, uh, I also docked this movie a point because of that fucking vegetable thing. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> I, I was just like, okay, either chop someone's fucking thumb or I, I, I'm, I'm just ready for it to happen. Just do it, you son of a bitch. Yeah, stop, stop teasing me here and just do it if you're gonna. 